Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. As always, we meet here on Saturday to watch movies and talk about them for your education and listening pleasure. I don't know if that's necessarily true or in that order, but we're going to say that it is. You can find all of our past episodes, all 150, some of them, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Podbay, Cast Roller, TuneIn Radio, and our website, which is SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com. You can purchase any of the movies that we talk about here. We'll give you links to Amazon, so you can buy them on shiny Blu-ray disc. And you can also comment on any of the movies that we talk about or give us feedback about how we're doing on Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. These are the Saturday Night Freak Show regulars. Travis. Sean. Jenny. Brent. And I'm Colin. And tonight it's Jenny's birthday. Oh! Happy birthday to you. How we're doing this? And she gave us all a good one. Happy Happy birthday birthday to to you. (laughs) Happy birthday, (laughs) dear dear Jenny. Jenny. Happy birthday birthday to to you. And many more. Oh, thank you. So because it's her birthday or just because it worked out. Now this we're way. going to rip your movie it apart. Fabulously work out this way. <laughs> she got to pick the movie. What do we watch tonight, Jenny? The Princess Bride. From the year nineteen eighty seven. Directed by Rob Reiner. All right. Written by uh, oh. I got it, William Goldman. Oh, thank yeah. you. Based, Based on, on his, his book. No- yeah, on his novel. I always what's, wanted to read it. What's William Goldman famous for? Other Which movies? One. <laughs> Marathon Man. Did he do Marathon Man? He did magic. With uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Yeah. no fucking shit, duh. Yeah, and Misery. He wrote the screenplay to Misery. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. He's a man about town. Dude, Mm -hmm. Magic is like one of my favorite movies. I know, it's really good. Yeah. So the the Princess Bride. (laughs) You do? I do. Oh, yeah? Uh Uh-huh. I just didn't know it was this guy. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, So the Princess Bride is a fairy tale spoof. I would categorize this movie. I would say that's pretty accurate. Mm, I mean, it's, it's yeah, a nice, spoof gives maybe fantasy, more of a goofy it, it, connotation it, than it's a fantasy movie, fairy tale movie, but it provides a lot more of a adult humor. I guess you would say it was almost like to me, it's like the first Shrek. There you you go. Know? Yeah, it, it feels it, like it's in that, that yeah. we're aware it's just a fairy tale. You know, we got giants. We got, I'm sure if you read the book, it would seem more so, right? But if you're just watching the movie, you know. You gotta take for granted that Andre the Giant is a giant. You know, he's. I'll tell you something. I just was looking something up and I found something interesting about the book. In the movie, uh, Peter Falk as the grandfather reads The Princess Bride to his nephew, Fred Sanders, or grand, grandson, and he credits it to an S. Morgenstern, right? So in the novel, William Goldman is reading it, I think, either to, you know, his grandson or his son or something. I think it's to his son. And he says that it's actually an abridged version of a story that he read when he was a kid by a writer named S. Morgenstern. Hmm. Right. But that never existed. It is actually made up by the whole thing is made up by him. But I think where it gets funny is there's a scene that is supposedly missing from the book, like where he says that 
you know, in his commentary, he says that I tried to uh, add a scene to the original text and the publishers like didn't like it. It's the reunion scene where Buttercup gets together with Wesley or something at the end. And if you want to read this scene, you have to email the or mail the publishers. <laughs> and if you did, they would send you a letter that said for all these reasons why they couldn't include it. It was like this legal you know, thing that they would send you. And I think that it extended all the way through the 25th anniversary Blu-ray of the movie. I guess they have the letters on there or something like oh, really? that reunion scene. Like oh, you really? can go to a website where you can finally read it. And when you go there, you get the letter. Huh. Yeah. So it's like an ongoing joke with. The movie. Interesting. There you go. A little trivia. Bam. <laughs> Princess Bride knowledge. Right so, there. I mean, I always thought this was one of the. You know, even though it's a parody, I still think it is one of the best or the better, like, kind of fantasy movie. I mean, it's not, like, high-end fantasy or anything, no. but one of the best fantasy movies of the 80s. If we're talking, like, what, like, Legend, Conan, uh, shit. The never-ending story. Never-ending story. Are we going to say Crawl or is that science fiction? I just uh, keep throwing it in there. Uh, a fantasy movie. I want to, yeah. Red Sonia. Yeah, Red Sonia. All right, then. See, we're starting to get kind of B now. We're starting to get kind of like on the low end. Like even with Crawl, I'm like, ah. how many good '80s fantasy movies are there? Well, there's also Legend. Or, I mean, sorry, uh, Dragon Labyrinth. Slayer. That's right. That's yeah. a fucking great '80s. And uh, the Dark Willow. Crystal. Yeah, Dark Willow. Crystal Willow. You know, so it's just one of those things where, like, if you if you had your choice, if you and your fucking D and D group were going to have movie night, you know, and you only had, you know, I'm sure that this would uh, make the uh, list. You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Oh boy, Jenny was hanging out with her D and D group back in the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons is much better than regular Dungeons and Dragons. I just love it. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it. I mean, that's why I'm like, is it? It is. I don't know. Like it's hmm. like we're saying spoof and parody of uh, uh, fairy tales. I mean, I guess it is to a certain Princess well, only Buttercup because it's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only because it's, uh, you know, that it's a comedy. It's done with a kind of like inside, you know, wink, wink at the audience. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we know what this material is. So we're kind of, you know, doing it with a, the elbow and the ribs. Kind of you get what we're doing here. Yeah. Is, you know, well, with a since Travis said it was, um, you know, her name is Princess Buttercup. I wonder if that is her name in the book, because did you notice at the end of the credits, it said like a buttercup production company or something like that well that's uh i wonder if they just use that every movie creates a production company oh, okay. for liability oh so they probably just took the name from the movie and oh, made the production okay. company it's just oh, okay. legally they every movie does that well i just that's probably where because, that came from um in the credits you know they they say robin wright is the princess bride yeah. they don't say mm. she's oh, yeah, buttercup so i wondered i wondered if that was it is as far as what i could tell all the names are the names of the characters in in the book. They uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was, you mentioned Robin Wright. This is her first movie mm-hmm. after some soap opera. Yeah. What was mm-hmm. it called? Uh, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Way back. I remember. They had to like make show. some special deal to get her out of it or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a, I was watching a, a interview with a uh, Carrie Yules. Uh, how do you say his last name? Elvis. Elvis. I have no, Elvis I've never Yules. known over all these years. <laughs> I've never known <laughs> how to pronounce his last name, but you know who he is. Yeah. yeah. Star uh, of Twister. 
Yeah. And Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince, or Men in Tights. Yes. And Bram Stoker. Well, he actually Stoker. wrote a book called As You Wish, The oh, Making yeah? of Princess Bride. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you want, like, a pretty, like, I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen his promotional interviews <laughs> for it. It must have been in his downtime after, you know, he put on a, a few pounds. and It was definitely after you know, Saw. Yeah, well, after, that's what he did Saw, and then... Saw the final chapter. Oh, I mean, wow. Yeah. Give the guy, Spoilers, give I the guy a break, it. though. He was on a roll in the 80s. Yeah, you know? He's like, yeah. I mean, just the role of Wesley, you know, the Dread Pirate Roberts, you know, that's mm-hmm. what a fucking role to have. Yeah. You know? He did okay in the 90s, right? Like, yeah. I think so. Well, the <laughs> 90s okay. was, wasn't it? That was Dracula, that was Robin Hood the Kiss Crush. the girls. Yeah. And then I, mean, I saw him in. Oh, was yeah, Liar, Liar. Yeah. I think that was late 90s. Yeah, you're right. And I saw him in Shadow of the Vampire in the 2000s. But, you know, again, in that movie, I mean, maybe it's an ensemble. Well, it isn't really. But, I mean, he's not like a lead, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, you look at his IMDb. He's, he's still not a hunk working. anymore either. You know, he's doing mm-hmm. like, you know, 15 <laughs> movies a year or whatever. But there's stuff that's, you know, on the lower scale. Yeah, like to- Law and Order. I love Law and Order, Order? but he's been on Law and Order. Well, to contrast that, I was looking at, like, Robin Wright's career trajectory, and, like, she's still working in, like, bigger bigger movies. Yeah, Yeah. House of Cards, you know, with Congress. The Congress. Yeah. That was a good movie. Well, she's Jenna. We cannot forget she yeah. is Jenna. I will never forget her as Jenna. Fucking piss me off. Like you want to talk about like a female character to just like ruin the female image is Jenny from Forrest Gump. It's like fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis, I want to say that when we watched State of Grace, you were all Robin Wright, right? Young Robin. Was that you? Was that me or was that Gary? I was, was Gary. Was that me? I wasn't there, but it was State Gary. Travis I, wasn't on that I don't think podcast. I've seen State oh, of okay. Grace, so right. that's definitely not me. Yeah. yeah you pawning off your feelings on other people? I know, this one was like, wait, well, I mean, in wait, this, do she was I like, love her? She's pretty fine in this, but she, I think she looked better in State of Grace. But it could have been, you know, it was uh, the atmosphere, whatever, you know, the context. Well, not only do I think this is like one of the quintessential 80s fantasy movies, I also think it's probably one of the bigger like uh, love stories of the 80s, right? I mean... Well, it's a cult classic. Just a, for that fucking reason. It's like, it's one of those like, I don't know, uh, it's hard for me to say. I, I always have a joke that when a female is born, they give her a copy of Pretty in Pink and like, like, these are the movies you must love with all your heart. Here's Dirty Dancing, Pretty in Pink. <laughs> well, let's find out if that's true since we have a female in our group. I was just thinking, I didn't get Dirty Dancing, but I did get Pretty in Pink. <laughs> <laughs> right there next to the, uh, in the, in the baby incubator. And like, candles. <laughs> and yeah, I was handed and a lot of And here's your copy of <laughs> John Hughes movies. Yep, yep. <laughs> she will love these. <laughs> but I always thought... Uh, you know, just the, because I mean, this is like, I mean, the love story is the, I mean, that's the point of this whole fucking movie, kind of. I kind of think Inigo Montoya takes over the movie, right? His revenge story really takes over, oh, yeah. like, the interest of the, my, especially my interest of the movie. Mm. I'm like, yeah, dude, he killed his father? Well, for sure, because, oh, you know, dude. when you think of this movie, um, I mean, it, they still make merchandise, Based on this movie today, and, yeah. and, and it's memes. always you, my name is Nico Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. That's always the quote. 
Always. Dude, because that's like one of the best movie quotes. When I was a kid... <laughs> you don't I have just, to have seen the movie to know that quote. I just fucking love that quote. It's just like, that is serious shit, dude. Just that idea of having such a... just a Well, that's what I love about this movie, actually. Uh, before I talk about the things I don't like about this movie. <laughs> but I think... The the villains of this movie are as interesting as the main character, you know, if not more interesting. I mean, I just think. Well, wait, are we saying if is if the main character is Wesley, right? Well, no, no, the main character is Buttercup. Yeah, I mean, in a oh. weird way, right? Yeah, Buttercup seems to be the main character, but I, but I just think just the idea that you start a movie with. Uh, these uh these three villains um that kidnap the princess and then at least two of them come back as kind of main characters mm-hmm. like I, I, it's like the subplot becomes like a almost as equal as the main plot towards the end you know like yeah it all seems to pretty much equal up by yeah, the, by the, the, the revenge the story the love story well, yeah. the first one, has, the first part of it has like a momentum. I mean, after obviously the setup where you get to meet Wesley and Buttercup, and you know he's supposedly killed by the Dread Pirate Roberts. From then on, you know, I mean, I I want to say like, you know, now even thinking about it, it's like, man, you're like you you are introducing and setting up so much in this movie. Like in the what feels like the first five minutes, right? You've met, mm. you know, the Buttercup and the Stable Boy. Yep, and then you meet. Uh, Prince Humperdinck, like in the next scene, and then you meet uh, but these the three. Pe- but these, a lot of these characters are kind of two dimensional. You know, Prince Humper- Humperdinck is yeah, just like this, like guy. my wife, you know, yeah. my bride, and but whatever. He's played so good. that was a pretty good. He's hilarious. Sarandon, Sarandon yeah. impression right there. Yeah, is he? That's Susan Sarandon's brother. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Is it? Yep. Somehow related. Uh, now all I hear is Jack Skeleton when when he talks now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I still hear uh, Jerry Dandridge. I heard it too. There was a scene <laughs> where he does there was yeah. there was one part. He's just like half a word. It's like that's Jerry Dandridge snuck out. Jerry Dandridge. Yeah, because he's got what? I mean, how many parts under his belt? There? Oh Jesus! I mean, he's got Fright Night, yeah, Princess Bride, Child's and Play, Child's Play are the big ones. Are the big right? like horror ones at least. I recommend you check out a movie called The Resurrected if you get a chance, but it's, I don't think, available in this country. No. Legally. He's also been on Law & Order, if you'd like to check sure. that out. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been in a bunch of... <laughs> yeah, he's uh, done a bunch of shit. Yeah, ER and that. But, I mean, like, as far as, like, what... You know, like, the guy probably... I'm not saying that he should retire or <laughs> is retired, but, I mean, I haven't seen him doing anything right. recently. But based on those, I mean, that's, like, what? At least three iconic you know, kind of movie roles. And I mean, once you're in all, all three of those are surviving mm. the test of time. That's a pretty lucky break. Well, for an actor. I mean, he was definitely like the go-to guy, like in the late eighties, right? He was mm-hmm. at least if you had a modest budget. <laughs> so you yeah, know, he was never like, I can't think of any like huge movies. This is probably like the biggest one, right? That he was imagine, in. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, this is a 20th century Fox presentation, at least at the time it was. Or something. I don't know if this was an independent deal. Maybe. I'll have to. I know it's. Act I don't know. It's got some big enough names behind yeah. it. Produced by Norm Lear, who did a lot of old television shows. Like well, he it. did All in the Family. Right? He did All in the Family. He did fucking. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so that's where Rob Reiner. Yeah, that's where he knows him from. He did. Uh, I mean, anything you can think of that yeah, runs on the old couple, TV stations. He did. Uh, he wrote. Yeah, I think he did Odd Couple. He did. Uh, 
What's the one? B. Arthur. Uh, what's Maud. The, he did Maud. He did. He did every. Produced every show mm-hmm. from back then. Basically, yeah, cool. he's responsible for that wave of television back then. Well, did we talk about this? Is this Rob Reiner's first movie? Oh, no, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, you're right. What year was yeah. Spinal Tap? That Spinal was like a year before. Oh, really? Yeah, was, really? Is it that yeah, old? It's yes. old. So what the fuck was he doing between... All in the Family. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, well, yeah, you said he directed a lot of TV. He did right? a lot of TV. A lot of writing. So a lot of probably, directing yeah, TV. A lot of writing. Yeah. With Rob Reiner. He was more like one of the powerhouses back in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. He wasn't mm-hmm. acting at all? That's maybe what he was doing. Yeah, right? he, did, he did. But that. I mean, as far as like pursuing a directorial career, because after this... Was uh, that wasn't when Harry Met Sally was ways after this. Mm. A few good men was after this. Misery was after this. But it seems like there was some. Oh, Stand by Me. Oh uh, yeah. Was that was wait that was before this. This is that was eighty really? and that was eighty six. I want to oh. say Stand by Me oh. was eighty six. And I guess he's not. Maybe that was the thing where you know to establish yourself as a director because he's known as a comedy guy. Right. Go for like a serious dramatic thing because I want to yeah. say he named his. Production company Castle Rock, after the setting of Stand by Me. Oh, I think uh, I've heard right? that too. I think you're right. Yeah, because that Stephen King came up with Castle Rock. He always sets yeah. his, yeah. his stories in Castle Rock. Stand by Me, then Princess Bride, then When Harry Met Sally, then Misery, Few Good Men, and then I'm he goes a into duty car. He goes into bullshit <laughs> after that. Um, as far as directing goes, yeah, that's that stuff. Well, he does like. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting movie in you know from like a directorial standpoint because it seems like you know it's going to be swashbuckling adventure you know mm-hmm. for like the first time really since I mean what the pirate movie renaissance of the eighties right you had uh, pirates. Pirates. Walter was, that was like '86, right? That was like <laughs> Walter Matthau did a pirates movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's Roman Polanski. Oh, pirates. really? It's a big budget Jeez. pirate movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. And the I, pirate I, movie. I never will. Anyway. anyway. Mm. I've never seen the pirate movie. Like I've Christine heard about McNichol it. And, uh, I think the dude I've heard about a lot of doing. pirate movies. Yep. I've seen, seen very little. <laughs> <laughs> what do they do? Where's Tom? They're going yeah, to jump Tom? on the boat. Fucking, you know. I, I know well, pirate man. movies were huge Swash in like those the 1930s. Because they're cheap, right? You got yeah. the boat set. You got the ropes. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, he just swung from that rope. And everybody does a lot of fencing. <laughs> That's amazing. Huh, yep. huh, huh, they huh. buckled yep. that clean, swash. Clean, clean, Hell, yeah, dude. Swashbuckling. That's really what got me. I just told these guys before the podcast begun. I was like, dude, when I saw this on TV for the first time, I'm like, that fucking guy looks like Zorro. Mm. Oh, he's got a sword fight? Oh, fuck yeah, I'm watching Doesn't this. Doesn't he have, like, the Errol Flynn, like, mustache? He's got the tiny little, mustache. Yeah. 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 yeah, his mustache is a little too tiny in this. Yeah. Like, a little, a little bit, too yeah. short on the sides. It's not that bugged me. Though, it's almost too. like a Hitler mustache. Yeah. Hold on, yeah. <laughs> Just want to rip that thing yeah, off. Yeah, it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's a little, yeah, it's a little... Wider than a Hitler mustache, but it's, yeah, it's it definitely just, wider. It doesn't span. <laughs> just say it doesn't span. Oh, it doesn't more even. His doesn't even go past the corners of his mouth. Yeah, it doesn't even touch the corners. Awkward. It's very awkward looking. Well, how but is, still, you, you know, know, when you're watching the uh, the sword fighting, does sword fighting do oh, the yeah. same thing for you that it did for the audiences of the third era? I mean, obviously it, the, the whole Captain I Blood and the Seahawk and all that. Cool. It does for That's me, a, but usually like it was choreographed. I mean, nowadays it was. You watch was like scene. a Chinese movie doing that, right? You, I mean, you get like, but I still like. The fact that you can set a camera up and just look at two guys go. It's you don't need to go to all these fucking like forty thousand different cuts and edits to get all like close and up personal or 
You know, just you're looking at these dudes because I mean, both these actor uh, <coughs> Carrie Lewis, Elvis, 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 Mandy Patinkin, they both had to learn how to fence. With both hands. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they did very well. Their trickery oh, yeah. with the sword in this awesome. is very good. I guess I guess when they originally did that fight scene it was only like like a like a minute and a half long and they're like, Oh, that's kinda you know is that it? You know, can you do doing, a little you know? like yeah. they had to come up with like another like minute or so of it, you know, to get like a good like three minute fight out of did it. Did you see some jump around a little bit? I mean, is there like sword that type of sword fighting in pirates? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay, from the eighties. I I think it's brilliant how that the fencing scene in the Princess Bride is like, it's so synced in with the music. It's amazing. It's great. Well, it's just fun <laughs> because you get that like that. I mean, that's what I like about it. It's fun. Nothing is mm. so like fucking grim and gritty. Oh, no, these guys no, no. like it's very fun. they like respect each other in this weird way well, of like you know, so hey, can you hurry it up and like too. that's well, the fun of it. That scene is like so that might be my favorite in the movie. I, I, like, hate the I promise you, when you get to the top, you will be alive. Sorry, you're just going to have to wait. Drop the rope. <laughs> I hate <laughs> But then that's when. You know the dude. You know he gives him a chance. I mean, I think it's it's fucking that's great writing, right? He gets yeah. a chance to like rest, and then he tells him the story of like you know I'm searching for the man with six fingers that on his right hand that killed my father and gave me these scars when I was eleven. Fucking touching story. Like I said, as soon as he like enters, automatically I'm with this guy. You know I'm like, dude, I want to follow this guy. He's movie. the Han Solo of the Princess Bride. He fucking is because he's because uh, Luke mean, Skywalker is uh, Wesley, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he automatically comes back as a, like Luke from Jedi. He's automatically a badass, <laughs> dressed in the black. <laughs> but he has to die in order to find this bad guy. Yeah, so... Oh, fuck. I like lost <laughs> It's okay. I lost my... Go no, well, I, well, I was uh, thinking what we were talking about earlier. That first, like, you know, from the setup through, you know, it's like the that the... Finding out who the Dread Pirate Roberts or that he's following them, that that he has to then go through these three, you know, the gauntlet, right? Of the the swordsman, the brute, and then the, uh, the evil mastermind, yeah. right? All gives it this kind of because it is like a weird when you think about it, like where your allegiances go in those scenes. It's it establishes Buttercup and Wesley, removes Wesley. Buttercup is then incapacitated for like most of this running time, so the Cini, the Wallace Shawn character, becomes like the lead character of the movie, right? Yeah, because he dominates the other two. Inconceivable! (laughs) You keep using that word. I I don't think think it means means what you think think it means. means. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) How many of the classic lines are going to come out during the? But I mean, uh, you know, up until Vicini dies, like the thing really does kind of like click along at a pretty good clip, and you're interested, you know. I mean, because the characters are just so funny. Yeah, you know, it's just hilarious to be with these guys, this fucking Spaniard. Yeah, they're they're villains, but they're they're so dorky and dopey and goofy. Which I kind of like. Yeah, I've always liked the idea that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody want a peanut? Anybody Uh, want a peanut? I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) Stop rhyming! (laughs) (laughs) What's Wallace Shawn done done since? 
Toy Story. Well, clueless. Every, Everything. He's dude, everything. Even he's done Law and Order. How about Science Slumber Parties? That's from Goofy Movie. <laughs> Where he's the Is principal. Is he just like voices? Though? He does, he a, does lot a lot of cartoon of, voices. A lot of voices. He was clueless. Well, he's also in. Clueless. Who is he? A principal? He's in a lot of Woody Allen movies. He was the teacher. He was the teacher that, the speech teacher, the debate, debate teacher that Cher hated. That married the. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. That she got hitched up with a female teacher. Oh, the yeah. plot of Clueless. Yeah. You are Clueless. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> no, I remember him from this is going to, okay. So in the 90s, during the whole like resurgence of independent, serious independent film, it was like the 70s happened all over again. Black and white. I found, yeah, black and white. No, oh I God. found an Harvey experimental Kytel. movie. <laughs> he was a big deal at that time. <laughs> yeah. I found a movie called My Dinner with Andre with mm. Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory. Oh, they sit down and have <laughs> dinner for an hour and a half. <laughs> the whole movie is a conversation between these two guys. Yeah, huh. I think they co-wrote it or co-directed it or something. No, it was uh, Louis Mal directed it. But yeah, I think it's you know <laughs> Wallace Shawn having dinner with uh, and having this big philosophical conversation mm-hmm. with another guy. Crazy hmm. for an hour and a half. You should check that nice. out. My dinner with Andre. I'm sure they've spoofed <laughs> it on The Simpsons. But. No, they did. Uh, they did a community episode actually about that. It's actually pretty funny. You just skip the movie and go watch that. <laughs> yeah. So once once they have, uh, I guess once the Dread Pirate Roberts slash Wesley has, you know, run the the gauntlet, <laughs> defeated all three of the his opponents. Revealed himself to Buttercup. He's a little pissed before he reveals himself Which to Buttercup. I think is he's, awesome. he's trying to get the story yeah. out. He's like, yeah, what happened? Exactly. You said you'd wait. Yes, he wants to get the story out of her. He wants to make sure that he doesn't, that, you know, he wants to know her true feelings yes. for him. Or for, for uh, this, Prince Humperting. Yeah. Well, that's what I also like about <laughs> this character. Himself. It's like, yeah, he, they, you know, the, the first fucking five minutes of this movie is just this, like, absolutely, like, wonderful historical love thing. <laughs> And then when Dread Pirate Robert shows up, he's just kind of like, even though he's trying to rescue Princess Buttercup, he's fucking like really short with her. Just yeah. that idea that, you know, you fucking said, you know, love was forever. And then, you know, all you did, like, how long did you wait? Oh, like a, like a, a hour or a week or Is it a day after I died. Yeah. I thought that was fucking genius. It's just cool to have a, uh, uh, because in a way that does set him up, I because I was thinking this watching, I was like, this is kind of like a Han Solo Leia sort of relationship, right? Uh, from, right from the get go, he gets to be a little fucking curt with her. And, oh, he's being a brute. Yeah, but you know, with good reason, right? He yeah, he yeah, actually no. did survive out in the fucking like seas for whatever, and yeah. came back to her, and she was going to marry the prince. Well, I guess, know? yeah, like, that's what son he, of a you, bitch. he would probably <laughs> hear that through the grapevine and all sure. the stuff that you know, and then like to his. Perspective, it's like he, he got thrown over for the. Prince. But was Wesley just out there like pirating when he should have like? Got I, back feel, to I, feel he, I feel. I feel. I feel. I feel he couldn't get back until he assumed the role of Dread Pirate yeah, Roberts, which was right before because he was only gone right. for five years. For three years, we know he said, "I'll probably kill you in the morning." Right, and then must I to kill you in the morning? I love that line too. Yeah, <laughs> so I think maybe good night and one good to work, two years, and he made his way back. I think, yeah, I think he was trying to, yeah, survive, and then he. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Became the Dread Pirate Roberts, and then possibly that was his opportunity. Yeah, well, obviously, I think he was making his way back to Buttercup, but then he probably, like you said, through the grapevine, heard mm-hmm. that rumors that she was going to be marrying this guy. So he's like, "Oh shit, gotta get back there soon." So, 
Yeah. It is after that point, uh, the revelation, I guess, that the movie becomes like this weird series of. I mean, well, the villain reveals himself, right? I want to say. At that, the somewhere prince, around there. really. I mean, it wasn't like. But up until a then, shock, they don't. Right? I mean, he's just like, yeah, he's only because like, he's he has to be the villain, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's why. But well, there and, is and, like the turn to his character. Well, and Christopher there? Guest, like who you know is the six fingered man, who you know. Well, not until after the the fire swamp, but. But that's, I guess that's where it changes, right? Yeah. It's the fire swamp, and then immediately after that, we find out that that the six-fingered man rides with Humperdink. Humperdink says, you know, take him to the his ship. Or just take him, you know, wait until we're gone, and then kill, kill him. him. The pit of, uh, the pit despair. of despair. Yeah, the pit of despair. <laughs> <laughs> What's the joke that that is? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> There's no escape. <laughs> You'll never get out of here. <laughs> Bit of despair. Yeah, but I do think that the movie kind of drops off at that point. I really do think like all the fun is like mm. you said, Wesley going through the three guys and. Uh, <coughs> I mean, even yeah. some of the swamp is fun. You got the R-O-U-S's, the rodents of, the rodents of a usual size. I don't think they exist, which is funny because watching this, I never noticed how he like how he's like looking at him like over Buttercup's mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah, like, huh. And then she mentions him. He's like, nah, I don't think that exists. I know. I, this tackled. is the first time I really paid attention to make sure that like, like to look at how he's d- trying to term Buttercup. From seeing them because there's two <laughs> we'll go that are one is fairly close, like like four <laughs> feet away. <laughs> like he's like, mm. and I like how he like he credits this like damsel in, in distress with. It's like, well, what are the the three major things of the uh, right. the swamp for? You got the fire, the, the fire things, which we've managed to. Uh, You've identified the sand, the, yeah, the, yeah. the thunder sands. Which you, really you, you, sw- you, yeah, like. you cleverly, you, you know, cleverly found. So we should like, be able to avoid that it. in the future. Yeah, that that was genius. That's actually a pretty good uh, effect. Her getting swallowed up, and then him diving into it. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah. Like it's that's like, pulled that's off really well. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, just that nice keep like high the dive. sand. Like uh, right, how, how is it there, floor? and where they disappear yeah. to, and <laughs> the fact that he like wire wire work. This is a little bit of wire work in this, but him up and right in. Yeah, it's it very nice good. Swan dive. Yeah, he swan dives right into it from from a foot yeah. away. Just, yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. It's wonderful. The one thing, and so you do I a mean, lot of jumping off of the uh, the plank, I guess. Yeah, or something on your pirate The ship. one thing I like that irritates me, and I'm, you know, I know that Buttercup is she's the damsel in distress. I know she's the princess bride, but um. I, I just don't get, like, when he's battling the rat and he's rolling around on the ground, he can't get to his sword. Like, can't she throw him a freaking bone? Or And then that rat comes after her, and she's like, ah! Get it, get it! Yeah, but this is, like, old-timey Wesley, help stuff, me! Right? Old-timey. Yeah. I've seen modern women react to a normal-sized well, rat. <laughs> a little alone on that. But there's something, it's building up the heroism of the fairy tale uh mm. I mean, she does like pick up a like armor. a like a kind of a little like a, a branch log, well, and kind of like and kind of pokes yeah. at it. I mean, like but, a, but that's nothing compared to but and then she gets one lucky swing in. But but that's I mean, nothing compared to what he's doing. He's like being attacked, been ripped apart, yeah. and he's still crawling after that thing. Well, he fight, he like threw it and goes to do. get his sword. He and he's trying to fire. get his sword, and it just starts coming at her, and she's just like, Ah, Wesley. Yeah. 
Like, and he selfishly lunges after. Yeah, that. I, see, yeah, I, I, I gotta I know, like the. <laughs> I can understand a woman's point of view of like this character doesn't represent what I want to. But she is a princess in this. movie. I know, and she's I, not a kick-ass princess. Why does every princess need I'm to just, be kick-ass? I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not. Saying, <laughs> I'm not saying. You know, I'm not pushing feminist movement. I'm. I love my. <laughs> Disney, I know. I. I love my Disney princesses, but she just seems a little. You know. Because all she has to do is steadfast in her love for Wesley. That is her character. She's yes. like, you could marry me all you want. I'll yeah. love Wesley. Because she, she does like, well, because the king can choose who myself. he wants to marry in this world. You know? Indeed. Like, I don't know. I just thought she seemed a little lazy in that scene. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. She actually believed Chris Sarandon. Almost looked kind of heartbroken where it was like, I will send these four letters, but... It, you know, if he but if he doesn't respond, won't you choose me? Consider me as an alternative. Consider me as an alternative to suicide. suicide. That's yeah. a good lie. And you're like, so, oh, that guy actually kind of makes a good. It's uh, a little thing. pathetic, though. Really, yeah, I well, mean, come on. Well, it's like, dude, like, well, you got your wife is telling you that she wants to kill herself rather than yeah. be with you. Well, it's like, I find, oh, well, he, but he just wants to kill her. Yeah, but anyway. you don't know that at that point. Right? Yeah, because you think the just the. You think the three villains are setting up this uh, war. war between uh, this place was called what? Gilda, Gilder? Gilda, and um, uh, the, Florin. Florin. Florin is where they are. And where, is where and Gilda's Gilder. the Prince other and Gilda neighboring is, city uh, or country the, or whatever yeah. They got a beef with these Gilder guys. Or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. the Gildians. <laughs> Yeah, they just want war for no other good reason right. than like well, they want their guys. land, they want their territory, yeah, they, they want, want to take their... over. It's about conquering. That's what I like about this. Yeah, they're gonna blame the uh, princess. I like the the conspiracy. Uh, well, what yes. do you think? His okay, so um, is his whole motive? Uh, well, I guess it would be right. It's just to, kill, to expand her. his to empire. kill her and frame Gilda for it, just to start a war, right? Yeah, yeah. he just wants to start that's a war, that's and, all, and, and he needs. Well, almost he needs explicitly the, explain that way. He needs was, the what? backing of. He needs the backing of his the people. People, yes. and if they oh, and if they, and they kill her, their yeah. quote unquote okay. queen from the commoners or whatever, yeah. yes, okay, that's what I was going to ask. Then was, they'll like, just support his him. Whole, whole motive behind loving her, but yeah, if the people love her. He, you know, agrees to marry her and then frames. Okay. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a pretty. Not a bad plan. No, it happens a lot. I'm sure it was put into use. <laughs> it at actually some point. happens a lot in <laughs> yeah. history. Yeah, I'm sure it was used. Doing, just doing something to get the people's behind oh. you. So it's like, yeah, fuck it, guys. <laughs> Back to my right. right. So he was actually like uh, having an affair with uh, the the Christopher Guest character, right? No, oh, well, I felt that I in that it, one scene. In that one scene where he was like, like, "Oh, they won't." What's well, going on there? Really hurt wouldn't Tyrone. Like, Tyrone, you know I love watching you work, right? Uh, yeah, maybe right? that was the scene. And then he walks up to him like, "Well," and it's just like, "Ooh, there's something." Yeah. They're both sadistic murderers, yeah, and they yeah. both can like. Can they, they not be lovers with it. each other? <laughs> about it. Oh, they're open with each other. In that knot, and I mean, you know, I can't find the magical knot. Could you help woman. me find the magical knot? <laughs> I would yeah. not say such words if I were you. I would not Jerry say Daniels such words out. if I yeah. were you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> it's a great line. So that leads us to the next uh, little uh, like isolated vignette in the middle of this movie where Billy Crystal and Carol <laughs> King like show up yeah. in heavy makeup and a guest appearance. Well, first we run yeah. into Inigo Montoya drunken. Where the Sicilian found him, because you told me to go back to the beginning, and I went back to the beginning. This is where you, you got the job. For some reason, you took that very literally, yes. since he's not a thinker. Uh, <laughs> he just did exactly what the uh, Sicilian told. What's the Sicilian's name? Vizzini. 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 And what? Listen the- to Vizzini. He told me to back, go back to the beginning. <laughs> I went back to the beginning. So I have. So he's just getting fucking drunk until Andre the Giant finds him again. And, uh, and listener, we determined while we were watching this movie that we, like you, can't understand half the shit that Andre the Giant No. No. That's what was he, Stallone? <laughs> well, see, a fun fact about Andre the Giant. Um, you said this was uh, <laughs> filmed in. in England? Mm-hmm. Yeah. England? England, Ireland. England and Ireland? Okay. Big cliffs. Because the cliffs of insanity! Go, like, during the, the filming of this insanity. movie, they used to go out to the pubs after this movie and, you know, uh, uh, Andre the Giant, especially, he invited Carrie Elwes out and he would he would drink so much, no one could keep up with him. Obviously, he's a giant. Right. This guy could crush a hundred beers in one night. A hundred beers. A one hundred beers. Christ, imagine the bar tab. One hundred. Hey man, he was wearing that. Beers. He had that championship money. He was throwing around. <laughs> he could afford it. He had that WrestleMania three money. He's just like. Well, I'm holding a regular beer can right now. Andre the Giant's hand. This would look like one of those. Little like, like, he's like he just had cans, a whole pill. He's those like mm, baby kid cans. What do you call those? Baby kid cans. Okay. <laughs> I, you said words that I don't think have ever been put together. Let's just you, let's just call it a like, hold on. I want to. Like I want to dissect this for a minute. Like, baby kid. What? what? Oh. We'll, we'll call it kid an cans? eight ounce can. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What is kid this? cans? Sixteen. 12, 12. 12 ounces, 12. so Oof. like <laughs> a 6-4-ounce six, six, can? You don't remember what I was talking Yeah, like it's the you, half cans Pepsi yes. made them for a while. Perfect for mixing uh, yeah. with your liquor, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Well, that's what a regular-sized beer can looks like in Andre the Giant's hand. Well, other behind-the-scenes stuff I read that Carrie Elwes and Robin Wright were sweet on each other during oh, the making yep. of this movie, True Life And Romance. who wouldn't be? Well... It seems like she falls for a lot of actors that I think she works a lot of, with in movies. Because she was in it State of Grace with I, Sean Penn. And, there you go. I just think that. actors do that. That's the way like fantasy like starts to bleed over, and that's why they never stay together. Well, yeah, exactly. Because they're well. Well, I mean, imagine they're the, fuck buddies on the set. They're away from their families. Right. They're away from whoever for like or three to in, six months. Right. Yeah. Look at or they're Brad in roles where they Jolie like their characters develop true. feelings and they can't help. I mean, if they're acting. Well, because do they say all you really need to fall in love is to look at somebody in the eyes for like 20 minutes? And so I'm sure if you're like kissing for like oh, something like that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it? It, dude, it's all just, right, Brent, you and me. Because it's go. just like a chemical. <laughs> it's just a fucking chemical thing. You no, look at me. Brent is closing his Look at me, Brent. Brent, you will love me. <laughs> Brent, Brent is, is, Brent is repelling this with uh, every fiber he has. I'm willing to test yeah, this theory. All right, so uh, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane yeah. show up in this movie. They do. She of Taxi and... Uh, and what a Stranger uh, Calls. Yes. Uh, he of fruit. Mr. Saturday he of Billy Night. Crystal Flame. Fame. Flame. Flame. Well, there's Harry Mr. Saturday Sally. Night, right? 
Oh yeah, there's Harry Met Sally. Okay, fine. Yeah, Maybe he directed Mister Saturday Night. Maybe. Anybody see this? I think I did. Uh, don't remember. About a comedian. Okay. But his character is really weird. Like, his is maybe, next to the uh, Monsignor, the most broadly <coughs> comic character in the movie. Right. True or false. It's just shtick. Yeah, just shtick. shtick. Yeah. Top to bottom, all to wall. Hmm. Magic Max. I thought it was amazing. And I hate to admit this, but perhaps it was the Blu-ray quality that made me point out this thing but like and the 25 foot screen well that that was probably a huge thing too but um compensating <laughs> the the makeup that uh billy crystal had on like he had little whiskers on his chin poking out from you know that little face mask he had on and i never noticed that until i watched it on i never noticed five foot screen the seams of the headpiece by his eyes now before. i gotta imagine oh, that's I a never, little bit I on never purpose noticed like that. i i feel what the whiskers or the seam the seam i i no. feel ah, i can't do that on purpose i can't imagine I like, did they really that. do that shitty a job like it always yeah. seems like the makeup is a little carol kane ah, almost looks explain, like a little a little though. obvious I don't. I don't think she. I don't. Though I'm. Well, like maybe. Herself. But you can. I guess maybe you tell it's her because of you know her voice and mannerisms. Yeah. But. Well, I think Billy Crystal's supposed to be the same. I don't think you're supposed to know it's Billy Crystal until you see him in the movie. And you're like, oh, see, I'm looking I know at it with voice. You know, it's the same. Many with years King. later, thirty mm-hmm. years I later, think he eyes. Two people. Right. There's two people talking. What are we talking about? Sorry. <laughs> Sean, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I think what I was saying is, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so I think what uh, Rob Reiner or whoever the casting director was, their intention was to find two actors that were fairly popular in the 80s that you could recognize their voices and to transform these actors and then um, then have you like listen to him be like, oh, my God, I know that person. Mm -hmm. I know that person. Yeah, it's a stunt casting. You don't mm. advertise yeah. that they're in the movie at the beginning of the movie, and then they yeah. show up, and then there's that swell of goodwill and recognition <laughs> when you're like, oh, so-and-so's in this movie. Yeah. I have to take issue with the idea that the makeup is bad on purpose. I think the makeup is, you know, I mean, it I wouldn't say be. it's bad, but Not you bad. can see the seams. Maybe yeah. it's now technology has made it so we can see it clearly. Right. It was mm. since the theatrical days. Indeed. But the idea that you know, the person who made it wants to get another job, right? <laughs> I'm going to fuck if, this up. If you're like, yeah, right? You <laughs> don't intentionally get Rob Reiner will definitely spread the word. <laughs> get me in good. Yeah. We didn't catch who the makeup person was. Yeah, what the no. fuck? Yeah, that's it's not Rick like, Baker. Because it's nobody. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nobody we've some heard of. Dude. Some guy. But who, it's like, who didn't it's work like again because of apparently shitty makeup. witch makeup. And, and yeah. the white hair oh, and, yeah. yeah. Because they do a good job of making them pretty unrecognizable, I think. Like, you can recognize some of their facial features if you're familiar with a lot of their films. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, like, their voices are what sets them apart, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's Yeah, Carol Kane's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. Carol Kane and... I'm trying to think what I think Billy Crystal, too. Like, the way they talk, he's almost... Kind of like well, a Jerry Seinfeld, yeah, but, but he's not doing doing his Jewish guy. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's a Jewish yeah. character. Because yeah. I thought Christopher, or not Christopher, uh, but uh, Peter Falk was doing like 
a heavily like uh, yeah. old man. Yeah, but I mean, it was like the Jewish, Jewish old, yeah, man. <laughs> a heavily Jewish guy. Because sure. I'm like, I don't think it's Columbo. Was... Rob Reiner's just like, well, Rob Reiner, <laughs> the Jewish. Mel, Mel Brooks kind of did the same thing too, though. Like, don't they have they have those characters? They just kind of go into that. Yeah, uh, yeah, overly. The... Yeah. I've just been convincing over here. Yeah. Kibitzing, convincing, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm schwetzing, and it's yeah. just all of it. It's just <laughs> There's the schmaltz yes. coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this, so this leads us in. Once they resurrect Wesley, through God knows what means a chocolate. that they do. We have some fairy tale kind of thing. Because Chris Randon lost his nut, tried to kill him on that freakish machine. Right. The wheel of pain. Yeah. In how the does that work? Pit of despair. Uh, there's the Please tell me, Colin. Wait, how the what? It sucks his does... life force. Yeah, Told but how? They release the water. Yeah, there's a suction and, uh, cup. It <laughs> the water the makes the person. windmill thing turn. Or, uh, that that creates a vacuum in the suction. As cup. much as you dissect films yeah, and dissect meaning that. from so many things, I totally thought you yeah, had but, a logical. Well, because there nothing. is none here. No, <laughs> this one doesn't stand up to that kind of scrutiny. It. But it, I think it's okay because in this movie, it's a comedy. And in comedies, you can't hold them to the same, you know, rules that you hold. I mean, like, why does the Millennium Falcon work? You know, and like what, what propels that you can get into because there's, you know, some kind of like somebody somewhere along the line thought of it. Or, right. At some point. Right. But the wheel of pain. Yeah. There you go. They came up but they had to think that far into it. Like uh, the uh, the wheel of pain is like a, an idea that's there for this very scene. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a machine that hurts you. It it's takes away years off your life. Yeah. yeah. I took one year off your life. It doesn't matter. They just need to incapacitate him. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. It almost doesn't matter how they do it. Okay. So Humperdinck pretty much puts Wesley in a coma before they go to visit Billy Crystal. A deep, deep coma. He killed him. He was dead. Well, he was dead for most of the day. He's mostly dead. He's mostly dead. Yeah. Mostly Rescued dead. By an I've seen and uh, Fezzik. Fezzik? I like how they found yeah. him. You know, because they just, oh, he's like, that can only be the cry of yeah. a desperate man or whatever, <laughs> the man in black. It's like, huh, interesting. Have fun storming the castle. Yeah, that was funny. I like that joke. <clears throat> have fun storming the castle. Yeah. Then you have the Monsignor with the Mowage. Oh, God. Oh. Mowage. And Wav. Wav. Princess Bajoko. <laughs> There's one where he just garbles a word. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking What is that supposed to be a pair? I mean, it's funny, it's but just what's, a is funny it a I don't, I don't think it's a pair. Somebody was like, anything, you got a funny voice? Or, like, who's the funny voice? Weirdly. The way certain people and certain ethnicities or whatever talk, but we're making certain fun of some kind of. Maybe they knew dialect. someone. I don't know. They're like, I know this guy. He sounds like this. Someone that who's been like hit on the head with a rock. comedy is. Funny voice, kick ass, do it, man. <laughs> this is gonna crack it's, everyone yeah, right. up. Build it up. Like, here's an important figure about Dude, to do a marriage. Give him a funny man. voice. Surprise people. Like, I might not watch this, but for like every fucking fifteen or twenty years. But man, at least once a year, I go, wow, woo, wow. <laughs> it's hysterical. It sticks with you. Oh, it's so hysterical. Every time I see a, a pastor, reverend, what have you, you at a wedding, I just, I hope. I hope that they will start talking like that. They never do, though. 
don't. I don't think many people would get the joke. It's very just. Oh, are just, you serious? I think a lot way. of people would get it. What are you saying? A lot of people haven't seen the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people have seen this movie. Probably not anymore. I don't remember. I wonder nowadays. I wonder. Yeah, is it still floating around wherever on? Well, it's always like a. It's anyway. always like a I just bought six magnets. It is a, it is a cult classic, but does the cult go away this year? Like at a certain point, does the cult just start to I vanish? Think so is. Uh, I mean, as I everybody know, gets older, just, I mean, well, eventually it does. Here's an idea, right? For you, like, I just found this out this week. I was going back and looking at because they're talking about uh, how the Force Awakens has become like Ugh. one of. I think it's one. It's in that that top ten list, right? Yeah. Of adjusted for ticket price inflation, the top grossing movies of all time, mm. which I think the number one movie is. Um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's like Gone with the Wind, or it's the original Star <clears throat> Wars. Beat Avatar. I did see that. <clears throat> But one of the, the – the so as far as, like, ticket sales go, mm. one of the most attended movies of all time is The Sting with Robert Redford and uh, um, uh, Paul Newman. Yeah. And now it's like, you show me a person who's seen that movie, right. <laughs> you know? But we're a good movie. Like, this was one of the biggest fucking movies yeah. of all time. It is a good movie. Good so you've seen it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm shocked. Sure. I shot. I got the Blu-ray at home. I love it. I Enter love that the movie. Dragon, but you've seen the Sting. Okay. Well, I guess. But that maybe. Okay. I'm. I'm disproving my own point. <laughs> it's one of the most well-attended movies of all time, and you've seen it. I've seen it. Because <laughs> well, listener, again, I have I'm, seen nothing. Yeah. yeah I think my point was that the cult does fall away mm. from certain movies, and they become sure. less popular over time, though. So I think who knows down. who's seen the Princess Bride? Well, I think that's I where just, we're at. With I that. think I just disproved my point because. You know, I'm in that statistic that's never seen Star Wars. So why do you keep telling people this? Well, I mean, it's a common fact. Everyone knows. Well, they do now. Now the listeners know. Nick Nick Hammond made it known. (laughs) He said it like five times over multiple podcasts. So Uh, I was thinking about that as I was saying it. So I was like, oh, maybe I should retract my statement. We can always edit this. Right, Brent? <laughs> He's not going to. <laughs> or speak. Hi, Brent. <laughs> well, there it is. Now I'm going to have to. It's a hell of a wrap-up. Well, uh, we can go straight to wrap-ups. Do we have anything left to say about the Princess Bride? Well, it was cool when Inigo Montoya killed uh, Christopher Guest. Yeah, it was pretty good. Got Everybody got stabbed a lot. You know yeah, what? Did you a lot notice, of stabbing. Did you notice that... Uh, sorry. Uh, did you notice, obviously, Inigo uh, Montoya got a dagger in the stomach? And yes. then Christopher Guest stabbed him in the chest? Yes. And in the arm? Yes. And did you know when he was countering and he stabbed Christopher Guest, it was also yes. in the same place? Yes. Nice. And on the cheeks. Yep. And the cheeks. Yes. We saw the movie. I thought there was something. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. You know what was disappointing oh, about that? Was that? A good <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> Great. The, the fact that the reason I think that that works so well is because the Wesley storyline. Doesn't necessarily falling, falling apart at that as uh, satisfactorily, right? Because he's like the best. He's a better swordsman than an ego Montoya, yeah. and so you have to have an ego Montoya. I think kill the guy who killed his father yeah. because he's been making that threat the entire of course. movie. But Wesley gets to Humperdink, and, and it's just oh, he gave up. He just gives him he a threat. Up. 
He knows Humperdinck's a coward, right? Yeah. I, I do exactly. love that fucking threat. Like, I'll cut off your, you know, I'll cut off your, 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 starting with to your legs pain. and yeah, to the pain. I'll start with your, your feet and start with your, and then he goes, I'll leave your ears. <laughs> <laughs> no, that way I will leave your ears. Baby cry. Every woman say, my what God, God, what is that thing? <laughs> oh, I love that line. That's fucking great. My God, what is that what, thing? What is that hideous thing? But uh, I, it is kind of a, I don't know. I think they do kind of hoe Wesley out at the end. I mean, yeah, it's really funny that he's, you know, he's all limp around. Right, but they did that up. for, I think that went I on do. maybe too long. Once, <laughs> the scene I always laugh at is, like, when Buttercup is, I, no one else laughed at it during the movie, which shocked me because I'm watching this with four men. But, um. What a sexist when thing <laughs> I thought you guys would find this funny more than me. But, like, she's got this knife up to her chest and she's being so dramatic and oh, pushing it out. And he's like, See, I'm not a, a shortage, a shortage, perfect breasts in this world. Be a pittage. Pittage. It would be a pity. It would be a pity to damage those. It would be a pity to damage yours. <laughs> but That's yes. a line. Well, I thought it was funny. They're not that good. Okay. The, the <laughs> line or the breast? Uh, both. Oh, we'll dang. Say. Burn. Oh, Robin Wright. I'm sorry. Sorry, Robin Wright. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, it was kind of, uh, I think, a little bit of a, a disappointment that your hero, right, if it is Wesley, which mm. I guess that's the setup, the traditional setup of the story, right? Yes. The, the main guy and the main girl. Eat your little side story with Montoya. She's the heroine, yeah. But you you go back to them. But I I guess the the other question is what else could you do, right? You have already had the swashbuckling, the sword fight. You've already done it with, you know. You could have did it up more. More. Yeah. You know, or at least one more time or something, right? Yeah, that's yeah the they did do it like kind of once. Dude, the fucking... With explosions. It's almost like... The, the third whole. act of this movie the third, The third act <laughs> is basically in Indiana Jones, instead of sword fighting the guy again, he just shoots him. Like, that is the third act with... Without the face melting. Sure, you know, yeah, no, I'm talking about just that scene where the guy's flipping the sword around and oh, he just yeah. shoots him. It's like... That's it. There's no fight. There's more. No more sword fighting. There's nothing. He just yeah, but at least they goes, put that in the middle of the movie, not the end. That's true. In the end, they melted people's faces. They did. They did awesome. not do that in this no, movie. No. I could have used the face melting. Yeah. Yeah. It's... But does it help it with the film's female fans? Did you find Wesley more attractive because he didn't fight Humperdinck, Humperdinck. in the end? No. I want my father he back, you son of a bitch. He, Dude, that, that's a well, great line. I'm telling you, I fucking, that, like, that tears me up, the whole thing. Ask me, ask me, I, you know, well, give me I your, mean, you know, like, yeah, that whole your ending riches, of that. Tell me you'll give me whatever. Tell me you give me everything. And then he stabs me like, I want my father oh, back, my you son, son of a bitch. bitch. That's great. That's yeah. fucking genius. That's I didn't great. find him less attractive. <clears throat> but it was, I don't know. It was a, Disappointing? No. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I still find him more attractive than the beginning. Well, I mean, don't we all? Without the mustache and the mask. But master a thing in the future. I think they're very comfortable and people will be wearing them every well, That's future. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's it, supposed yeah. to become a fashion accessory yes. following this film. Because they're damn comfortable. <clears throat> they're very comfortable. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. They're very quick-witted. They ride off into the sunset, of course, accompanied to the music of the Dire Straits. 
front Mark oh, Knopfler. Tires. Interesting. <laughs> well, you got your money for nothing. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> your checks for free. And <laughs> well, sing, a, another another loophole, like another closing to both the stories is. Um, you know, Wesley and Buttercup want to run off together, and he obviously have to, has to find a successor for the Dread Pirate Roberts. Right. And then Inigo Montoya finally gets his revenge, and he's all done. Did he get fulfillment from that? Jesus, I don't even know what that would feel like. You finally do what you've been striving for your whole life. Well, he says something about that, right? I mean, that's his... I, I want well, that's to, what Wesley... I mean, dedicated yeah, he says, now that I've done that, I don't know what to do with yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. Wesley and suggests so, you could be a Dread Pirate. You'd make a great Dread Pirate. Well, there you go. There you go. I think that's what he did. I would say yeah. so, yeah. Closed. There you go. Boom. Sweet. And so closes the loop on the Princess Bride. So it does. <laughs> so that means that we should turn to Igor and find our squire. Igor, where art thou... Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Thank you, Igor. Uh, Nick writes in about celebrity. He listened to that episode. By the way, he says that his ears feel like they're in high definition now. Thanks to our great new sound. Well, thanks to you guys for contributing to our fundraising campaign and allowed us to get this fantastic new so many setup. donations thank you thank so many donations you. and people we buying things thank you we so much thank you enough can't thank you enough and nick says he just got done listening to the celebrity inter- uh, uh, episode and his finger almost pushed the unfollow button when brent announced the year of woody allen <laughs> oh, dang. No. Well, I'm unfollowing you now. So. <laughs> dang. dang. Well, if you agree or disagree, if you're a Woody Allen fanatic or detractor, you can write in. Motherfucking guy's been nominated more times than Please anybody else. Please send us your opinions on this matter. On Saturday Night Freak Show, or sorry, Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. And we'll probably read your rebuttal on air or anything else that you have to didn't say. Dom, didn't oh, Dom say something like a couple days ago? Let Dom Cree wrote in on a comment somewhere. Not about uh, celebrity. No, no, not about celebrity. I think his was just a general question. Uh, no, Dom actually uh, schooled us on the uh, strange saga of Spooky. Oh, Spooky. Which actually it was a very interesting read yeah, that we probably crazy. should have read before we did the uh, the show. Yeah, but we don't do that. But we were pretty <laughs> close. Like, we were guessing around in the dark, like, what must have happened. With <laughs> you tell oh. us how they made the movie. <laughs> we'll just talk about what we saw. Yeah, we were damn close. So that means that we're so good at what we do that we could we, we, figure we could it out generally get in the ballpark. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely two movies. <laughs> what? Filmed at supper time. Yes. <laughs> Travis's face looked less enough. convincing. Yes. Hmm. So that brings us to our final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts are going to be begin with our mystery guest, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Hello, folks. Uh, I'm kind of doing tech tonight. Uh, so You've been drinking in the corner. It, Don't lie it. to the people at home. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Multitasking. Let me first say Nick. he's been tasking. Uh, Nick, don't you don't have to worry about it being the year of Woody Allen. Oh, he might. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's enough films to fill Brent's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't speak for Travis, but yeah. I probably won't do that. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, as far as the Princess Bride goes, 
It's a familiar movie. It's a movie that we've all <laughs> seen numerous times, right? I feel I mean, like you're holding something back. Well, it's something that you see when you're young. And uh, when I was young, I liked it. And um, as I've gotten older, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think that it sits as well with me now. Um, there's there's things about it that I can appreciate now. Uh, I like the fact that it's a comedy in the way that um, it it would not or because it's like the premise is ridiculous enough to the point where like okay you have your fantasies right like Lord of the Rings you wouldn't call it comedy but this you would call like a almost a spoof like Jenny said or like yeah. a flat out like you know it's. I think what Travis said, like it's the the first Shrek. Like I think that's the perfect way now to describe it. Like Yeah. And I think the reason why it works like that is I mean, obviously because all of the characters like are so with with the uh the of the three um kidnappers in the beginning. You know, the inconceivable guy. Like, he's the only one that might be over the top. But every, like, all the other characters in this movie are in a straight up, like, drama, fantasy, action movie. And they, they're not, you know, they play it serious. They're not fucking around at all. They're, like, it's, to them, it's, it's a serious movie. And that's why it's so funny because, like, the premise is so ridiculous. Okay, she's gone. Say what you think. And that's the, and that's, that's the reason why it works. And, um, I mean, like, if that makes sense, I don't know. But for that, I, I think that that's what makes it a classic. You know, I mean, the same way that Spinal Tap works. You know, every band member in that movie thinks that they're the greatest band member. You know, like, they, they take it all so seriously, but it's so funny. You know, Best in Show, any of these movies that Rob Reiner and Christopher Guest have done, like, all of them are, like, they're so... And this one with it being set in a fantasy world is probably the least of the like it's such a, a ridiculous situation but it's but they're they're so serious about it and i only say that because it is a fantasy world so within this fantasy world like they're you know it's not ridiculous to them but uh like as an outside viewer like Spinal Tap and Best in Show and and well if you think about it I guess like within those worlds like the the dog show people out there you know I mean <laughs> like to us that's kind of ridiculous but if you have a dog in that world I mean that's your world you know I mean to us it's kind of fantasy but to them that's what it is like and it, the fact that like they like I'm sure people really are that serious about it in that world but from an outside point of view, it's kind of, to me anyway, it's ridiculous. And it seems over the top. But the way that I, I just I just like, I guess, what I'm trying to say is I like the way that the actors um, just like wholeheartedly buy in. They played it straight. To Yeah, they play it straight and they buy into the situation. And that's what makes it funny. And for that, I think... I think it's, I mean, it's worth watching. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's not one of my favorites. And I don't think it ever will be, but 
it's not. I mean, it's definitely it has a reason why it's a cult classic. It's and I understand why it has a following. And uh, I would definitely check it out for Andre the Giant. <laughs> All right, this is Colin. Uh, um, the Princess Bride has, I guess, been in my life for so long, you know, so that it's kind of hard to, you know, separate the history of it, you know, the personal history, because I saw it when I was young and I've seen it. I saw it so many times. I, mean, I don't remember how exactly, because it doesn't seem to be like the type of movie that I would TV watch a bunch of times. Yeah. Didn't have cable. <laughs> didn't have cable. So what's, I don't know. WGN? No, no. I mean, I had like a VHS tape that I must have watched multiple times. Maybe my sister wanted to watch it or something like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But uh, I saw it enough to the point where You don't tonight, remember the cover of the VHS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it. Oh, well, I don't, no, I don't think I did have it. I must have well, had a recording of it. it I recorded, well, I was, I recorded everything that came into my house. Like, I'd rent stuff from the video store and make a copy of it. That was just, I'm like, I was going to archive everything. <laughs> that VCR, VCR fucking, dubbing. Yeah, in case of the nuclear, you know, uh, <laughs> like I 80s the nuclear bomb. I had the original, like, 1987 VHS. I should have brought it over with the cover. Food, water, Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> and a copy of Lethal VHS Weapon 2. tapes for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess what I'm getting at is I saw it enough that... Uh, that or just my memory was better back in those days where like the movies that I saw, I remember scenes and dialogue like verbatim. I mean, like when you're watching it, you can kind of quote it along with the movie. Um, I can't do that now anymore. There's like, you know, there's too much stuff to ingest now or something. Um, so I, I bring a lot of goodwill to it because I liked it when I first saw it. Uh, now when I'm looking at it, I mean, it has been 20 years probably since I last saw it. And so you're watching it and you're like, well, I mean, like, oh, those are painted backgrounds. And like, you know, the, mm. the, the stage, the, the, you have that kind of claustrophobic awareness that you're on a oh. indoors when you're <clears throat> supposed to be outdoors. Right. There are confines. <clears throat> there yeah. are like, oh, there's nothing beyond that little yeah exit behind the mountain. There's a very strange, like I didn't get that from like 300. You know, which I was aware that there was a green screen. It's on a stage, but somehow with the CG, and I can't believe I'm making a you know case for CG. You love CG, but you know I didn't get that claustrophobic uh, (laughs) sense that you kind of get from this. And not that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think, like I was saying earlier, the movie moves better up until uh, you know the Vizzini, Vizzini, Vizzini character is out of it, and then it kind of you know. It the momentum breaks and it kind of stumbles and it doesn't come together quite in a satisfying way. Um, but I think there's an overwhelming sweetness to the movie, uh, like in a really peculiar way that seems like lightning in a bottle, right? There's only a few movies that I can think of that kind of, you know, have that kind of goodwill. Like maybe, uh, you know, I read a... Um, an interview or caught something Mandy Patinkin was saying, you know, that uh, uh, he's in Inigo Montoya in this movie. He says that people come up to him. And I think he said like three times a day, people come up to him and do the line. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And he's like, <laughs> I'm, sure I'm not he bothered wants to by wear that. a mask every day. No, he said he loves it. He says it's his oh, favorite does? character. Really? And he says like how, you know, it's like I get to basically say that I was a part of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when he said that, I'm like. You know, you're probably right. I mean, this is one of those movies that it's so 
Well, that's, I mean, I guess it's that it, quote. It's just that quote that makes this movie stand out. It's, no, it's more than that. I think. I don't know. I think I, it's because it's like this. It's you know. I love this. Even movie. the sh- even Shrek seems a li- has a little bit more of an edge of self aware cynicism than <laughs> this movie does. But this movie is like it's just kind of. You know, it's hearts on its sleeve kind of thing. And it's mm. just out there doing this. And it's like, well, you know, the jokes were funnier back when I saw them the first time. And they've kind of eroded with time. And the pace has eroded with time. So now it's like when I watch it, yeah, I was on the edge of, you know, passing out watching it. <laughs> but I recognize that that's because I'm so familiar with it. It's like, you know, I don't have to pay attention as much yeah. as I used to. It doesn't hold my attention as much as I used to. But I'm not a first-time viewer of this. But I think- and if you were, then, you know, I think you have to – I think you have to see this movie. It's a it's a class. I think it is a, a classic probably of the, the genre, the genre being comedy, not so much fantasy, mm. if that means anything. And that's that's me. Oh wait! And by the way, at the time this movie was made, uh, what's his name? Fred Savage was yeah. probably the biggest name in this movie. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, wasn't it weird that there was no way that you would know that it was Christmas unless they put fucking like like a Santa Claus on his claw? Like when I was a kid, I never had a Santa Claus like thing on my claw. I wasn't like it's Christmas. Decorate my own fucking room. Like I never. <laughs> no, it was always normal. Oh, it was yeah. a you poor, project. poor man, Travis. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, there's just it there's just he made at school. Don't create what? some fucking bullshit it reason was, for it. it I'm just was, saying there was like. We're only staring at a kid in a bed, his grandpa in a chair in a closet. Right. So Why like, did it have to be Christmas? Let's put a snowman up on his bed and a Santa Claus on it. I just the thought that was weird. The was wrapped in Christmas wrapping I, paper. Yeah, I got it. I get it. <laughs> it's Christmas. Wait, were there... I know we saw snowy, like there was a snowy. You look outside, there was, yeah, there was snow. If you looked outside, you saw like houses with snow and lights on, but I I just thought that was funny. It's like, oh, that's so fucking weird that, you know, they know they're only staring at this thing. So just say, it's like, why even make it at Christmas? Who gives a fuck? You know, I've seen this movie how many hundreds of times? Dozens. It's half a dozen. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Two. Until you said that right now. It didn't click to me that it's a Christmas movie. Dude, I've seen this shit tons no. of times. I never thought of it until I was just like, the fuck is this? It didn't click with me until I noticed the wrapping paper. Like, I just noticed it tonight that I had Santa Claus on it. I just felt like he brought him a gift because yeah. he was sick. Yeah, right? Like, it didn't yeah. seem Christmassy. Right. Well, no, no, no. Well, I, should, open it for I don't you. think Here's a gift Christmas that's been passed present. down. I just noticed it was Christmas wrapping paper. I know. I, Dude, I think he did. All right. Enough of it. Let me get back to my wrapping. Well, I get it. It's a, wrap, it's a Christmas uh, gift uh, wrap uh, unwrap. Oh, coincidence. dots connected. Yeah. Things are happening. Shut <laughs> up. You brought it up. Yeah, not for a fucking con- like a community conversation. I just brought it up. Wow. So, I mean, I do love this movie just because it, it gets me at that childhood level where you guys swashbuckling. You got dudes in black masks. He's got an awesome, like, phantom-like Dread Pirate Roberts. This is uh, mythos. This is mythology. I fucking love that. Anything like that, I've always been a fan of. Anything that's like, oh, we all are this character. We just pass it on. I fucking always love that. That just captures my imagination. See our review of The Phantom. Of The Phantom. That's probably my favorite pirate movie. (laughs) Yeah, you did say that during the movie. You did say that. Yeah, so... But I do uh, agree with Colin where it's like when you're looking at the sets, you're like, oh, you know, like, oh, it's foam rocks. You know, it just like it stands out too much. You're like, 
how did all those rocks form those stairs perfectly? And like, you know, even the swinging on the bar, it's like, come on, that's got to be a fucking joke. I can't believe they're like, let's wrap this vine around here. Oh, it's a natural construct. You know, it's just like, it's a perfect age in a weird way. In a weird way. I like, I'd have to listen to the commentary to get any sort of like, uh, did they do it on purpose? Yeah. Is Are the sets made that way to pay homage to Earl Flynn movies or something like that, right? Like, this is Rob Reiner doing his Quentin Tarantino of fucking swashbuckling movies, where he's like, no, it's got to look fake as fuck, just fake as hell. I think so. I need a bar. Well, yeah, I don't think. I don't, <laughs> some of it. Not I, think, like, I think, but I think Do so. that makeup horrible. <laughs> not going that far. And uh, I think all the performances are really good, but I do believe, yeah, as soon as as soon as you get to the swamp for well, out of the swamp forest, the movie fucking falls apart. The only thing to do is take Wesley captive, strap him to a like he becomes a the first half of the movie he's just such a proactive character. Then the last half of the movie he can't do a fucking thing. It's just like, well, this sucks. He was a fun character to do shit with. So you need like, a new hero. That's where Inigo Montoya comes well, in. Well, but... But that's why the movie feels... but Because you know, in the, you're switching allegiances. Right. Like, oh, and and you don't does, necessarily come back to him. Like, right. he's still a vegetable. Yeah. Yeah, he just never fully regains it. So I just don't think they should have ever did that. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's in the blah, 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 blah. But that's just, to me, a failing of the story. Because I get dis Like, I'm interested in Inigo Montoya's revenge. But other than that, like, well, there's still, like, yeah, I fall out of interest with Buttercup and Wesley, and, and uh, yeah. I don't give a shit about Andre the Giant's character. <laughs> um, I kind of wish they would have done something to Humperdinck. I don't know. <laughs> he just gets tied to a chair. Like, yeah. take that, villain. You know? <laughs> like, I knew fuck. it. I knew he was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bluffed. I know he was bluffing. Yeah. But, you know, of course, it's just to show all oh, the guys a coward without his, you know, people around. But they could have, like, driven that home maybe a little bit more, I guess. Mm. Like, oh, he's a complete coward without his immediate, like, guards and his six fingered fucking Nephilim friend guy. Prince of Thieves did it better. <laughs> yeah, Prince of Thieves did it better. Or uh, Men in Tights. Men in Tights. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're just saying that wrong all night. Yeah, yeah. Men in Tights did it better. <laughs> So, uh, of course, I recommend it because I do think it's funny. I do think there's a a lot of, like, this is one of those movies I call, like, the Golden Nugget movie. There's, like, little parts of this movie that are fucking phenomenal. Like, like, uh, Inigo Montoya's speech to the Christopher Mm. Guest, like, right before he kills him, just saying he wants his father. Like, that's fucking heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, That guy's whole story is just amazing. But, uh... Yeah, I go half and half. I'm a 50-50 guy. <laughs> Two and a half stars. <laughs> well, there it is. Um, I think we all have similar feelings on this. I think we all love <coughs> probably the first the first third of this movie. Um, it's really fun. I, I love the characters. I love what they get to do. I love the, the, you know, the sword fighting, the swashbuckling. Uh, obviously, it falls apart a little bit in the third act. It doesn't really kind of... Uh, bring its main character back into it. He's, just, like I said, kind of a vegetable. And once we get to the end, he kind of just stays there. Um, our interest gets drawn to uh, Inigo Montoya. I like his storyline. Um, but then after that, there's kind of, yeah, 
it's kind of nothing. Just kind of they just kind of wander off into the sunset. Um, but uh, like Travis said, there's a lot of golden nuggets, a lot of really good stuff in this movie. Um, I would. Uh, I liked it. I would recommend it, like like Colin said, to anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, but I'm not part of the uh, Princess Bride cult. That's not something I have to watch. Um, uh, you know, if it's on, I'll watch parts of it. But uh, yeah, it's not. If you haven't seen it before, see it. If not, if you've seen it before, eh, you know, I won't. I don't think I'll revisit it. So I don't know what that says. It's a recommend to the non-first-time viewers and uh, a cease and desist to the rest of them. Ouch. But um, uh, as far as my recommendation, obviously I picked this movie because I like it. Um, I picked it for the nostalgia. Everyone take a drink. Okay. Um. Uh, this is a movie I used to watch a lot as a kid, and um, I like it because it introduced it. Uh, Travis pe- pretty much summed it up like it's the first Shrek movie. Like that's the best way to um, describe it at this point in time. Um, it has a lot of clever humor and and very funny jokes and. Um, I'm shocked that there's, I mean, this movie's from the 80s, and I thought it had, um, I'm, there's a lot of people that follow this movie, and I know there's there's still merchandise being made of this movie today, because I just bought a bunch of magnets for my fridge <laughs> this year. Um, but uh, uh, it's, Every time someone says they haven't seen this movie, I always tell them they need to watch it. So, yes, I'm going to recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, And, yeah, I think it's a great movie. I think it's funny. It's clever. And um, I like the music in the movie. I think it's fantastic. Where the fuck was Tangerine Dream? That's the problem with this movie. (laughs) They, They were doing Legend. Yeah, they were. Mm. Fucking A. The other 80s fantasy movie. That's another one I want to see. You will. Next, maybe in your next pick. The American version, too. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, like, I got to beat Colin to that. Like, I got to get to the American version before he gets to the international version. Because we will listen to Legend with the fucking Tangerine Dream soundtrack. Oh, we will. Jerry Goldsmith all the way. Legends are now here and But yes, forever. if nothing else, look at, uh, watch this movie to see Carrie Elwes is just a huge hunk. Because mm. he is <laughs> a mm. Mm. I second that. Mm. <laughs> Thank that you. That blonde hair just, just <sighs> draped over his left eye. Mm. Oh, oh, my God. Well, that does it for the Princess Bride. On. Now that we've all let our feelings be known, Terry Uwes. We're going to have to. You can probably ask Gary like Uwes. Siri or something. No, I don't ask Siri nothing. His last name. You don't She'll know. read it back to you. Uh, yes, next will. week on the Saturday Night Freak Show, uh, I'm being told that it's Travis's pick. Travis is next on the batting order, and Travis is going to show us the amazing film called. Um, for my next <laughs> for my next movie, I've never heard of that one. It will be. We're gonna watch Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, damn! 
So that's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. You know where to find us. And until then, listener, the basement is going dark.